Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, folks. How's it going? It's the Conzy with the most here. So, on today's episode of Conzy's Diary, we're going to continue where we left off talking about tournaments and tournament organization. But before that, I just wanted to let you know that we have one more episode of the Conzy's Diary for 2020. That's just one more episode. We will come back come the first of the year and uh, start recording again. But uh, in the meantime, if you are uh, enjoying this, make sure that you follow us or follow us on social media, whether that's uh, Twitter, Instagram, or give us a like on our Facebook page. We would much appreciate that. Now with that, uh, let's go ahead and get started on our topic today. Where I left off on the previous show was talking about more of the commer- the business side of financing, budgeting your tournament and that you're going to organize and run. This time I wanted to talk about something that I, I enjoy just as much as the uh, financial side of things with running a tournament, and that's the marketing and promotion side of it. When, when you're running your tournament and you're trying to get people to come to your event, I, I remember I did say that you wanted something like 25 to 50% of your, I think I might have even said, said 50% of your turnout to be local players. So there's a certain level of promotion that you need to do with that target audience to get them to turn out. You can't just expect that you announce it on your local game group's Facebook page or just say something to people at the store or put up a flyer and people will show up locally. It takes a concerted effort to get most of your player base to turn out to an event like this. What do I mean by that? At least in my experience, people love and enjoy playing the game, but when they look at tournaments, a good portion of the people look at look at it as something that they're going to spend some money on. They'll get to play a few games, maybe meet some new folks, and probably not have a great shot at winning. And that fact that they don't they feel like they don't have a great shot at winning the event, especially if there are people coming in from out of town that might be ringers or or be people that are they feel are very good at the game versus themselves makes them not as motivated to chuck out, say, a $10 or $15 U.S. Uh, entry fee to to basically let some, watch somebody else win. So I don't want to tell you that you want to try to tank it or change the rules for your event or give out prizes to everyone. Rather, what you want to do is, is make sure that you, after your initial sign-up, that you reach out to everyone locally and make sure that you remind them and remind them pretty constantly, consistently. Hey, are you going to sign up for the tournament on Saturday? Hey, are you going to sign up for this tournament next month? Those kind of things go a long way as to keeping people thinking about it. The other thing that you can do is you start to shift some of your game nights into tournament prep nights. Get them excited about that. Get them excited about tournament prep. Hey, you're going to get an inside look at trying out the scenarios or potential scenarios that I'm going to run at this tournament. Or, oh, hey, why don't you give Bob over there some practice games for the tournament coming up? Those kind of things will help people that are locally get excited about the tournament and start thinking about it in other ways. If you can also throw in some additional add-ons that 
make them feel like they're getting good value for their entry fee, that may entice them to sign up for your event even more. One of the things that I do personally is I throw in lunch. Now, that just happens to be because I also love to barbecue. And so picking up a pork shoulder or two and throwing it on the smoker for 12 to 14 hours and, and serving a pulled pork and some chips and whatever other fixings that I decide to serve at a, at a tournament or at an event isn't, it, it's one, it's fun and relaxing for me. It lets me do something for the event and share my cooking with uh, other people, but also lets me give something that doesn't cost me that much out of my pocket but helps give them uh, those locals and, and really gives everyone more of an incentive to go to your event. Nothing like throwing in lunch uh, if you can as well, because this lets people and gives extra value to your tournament because not just are you feeding people, but you're allowing people to uh, sit together during lunch. And that means your local players will start to mingle with some of those people that travel and you'll start to see people build relationships that will carry over and help them be more excited the next time they know that, hey, Frankie over there and Sally, they're coming to the next tournament. I Man, I had such a blast sitting there talking talking Batman or Warhammer or whatever it was. I really want to hang out with them again, so I'm going to make sure I sign up uh, for this next event that Ben's running so that I can make sure that we all get to hang out. Those kind of things are what's going to make your event and your future events more successful. It doesn't necessarily feel like you're marketing there, but that's exactly what it is. Getting the word out as well to not only your local players, but also your other target audiences is a big deal. And you need to do a few things. Uh, first and foremost, we're in the day and age of social media. And just like I started out the show talking about hey, these are things you can do to help out Wisco Dice and, and share and like and follow us wherever we release our content. It's doubly important to do that for your tournament. So one of the things that I always do is try to either set up a, a Facebook group to and then invite people that I think are going to attend as well as create a Facebook event for the actual event. The event needs to be public. And the reason it needs to be a public event is so that you can share it to all of the target markets, target Facebook groups that you want to target. If I create a tournament that I'm going to run here in Madison for the Batman Miniatures game, not only am I going to, you know, I might create my own personal Facebook group if it's going to be a bigger event, but the big thing is that public event, once I've created it, I can share it not only to the Madison uh, Batman Miniatures group, I can share it to the Minneapolis Batman Miniatures group, the Milwaukee Batman Miniatures group, the Chicago Batman Miniatures group. Heck, I might even share it with some of the global groups or some of the world groups if I'm trying to attract a bigger audience or get people to recognize what's going on. On top of that, every time I post a picture or a model to my Instagram or to Twitter, I'll make sure that I mention, hey, I'm painting these models in anticipation for this tournament. I hope you're excited. Here's the link where you can get more information. Those kind of things will help uh, grow awareness with folks that are particularly you're gaming around and that follow you, but also with those uh, groups that are outside of your normal gaming area. 
as an example, I ran a Batman miniatures tournament at Noble Knight Games here in Madison a little over a year. It's our first tournament for the game. We don't have a large group of local players. I think we were something like three or four that would show up on a regular basis on game nights and probably another six or eight total in the in the local community that I that I know personally play the game. So not a big group. I knew the tournament tur- turnout was going to be low, but I was hopeful that I'd be able to draw some out-of-town talent to come bolster the tournament and make it a success. And that's exactly what happened. We had three people from out of town that from the Minneapolis area that drove four hours, got a hotel room, stayed the night, all that kind of good stuff. And we had a blast on tournament day playing four rounds of excellent Batman gaming. Those kind of promotions and working and building those relationships with outside communities also go a long ways to building uh, and growing your tournament community. One thing that I know I did during the days of Merry Mayhem was make sure that I attended other people's events and that I was out there. It's a lot harder for people to say, no, I'm not going to your event if they see you to your face, you know. If you're if you're asking them, hey, you're gonna come to Merry Mayhem this year? You're gonna come to my tournament this year? And you're in your at another event, and you're promoting your event at the same time. Hey, Merry Mayhem's gonna be December fifth uh, this year. Are you gonna be able to make it? All right, excellent. You know that kind of thing goes helps as well. And so one year, in fact, I even attended up uh, seventeen events, tournaments, and other special Warhammer Fantasy events besides Merry Mayhem, which, you know, puts strains on your life elsewhere, but uh, was a big, big thing that I was able to do. And I I was able to understand the community as well because I had that FaceTime interaction. So I knew what worked at other events, what made other events successful. And I was able to not only take that, you know, basically field research of, you know, back to making sure that my attendees had a lot of fun, but I also was able to take and have a lot of FaceTime and one-on-one time with other gamers and players. All right. I think I'm going to wrap up the this particular episode of Conzie's Diary with that kind of thought and process. There's a lot you can do to market and, and promote your events, but that's, that's I think, the big things that I look at and try to do every time I, I'm putting one on is making sure that I get my myself out there to other people's events so that they get that recognition. The more of your community, you can also get people to travel to other events, then typically that becomes reciprocal that all those other communities want to co- travel to yours. You're also able to pick up some ideas from their other other events and bring it back, you know, as a design thing. And then getting out on social media and really broadcasting it to places. You can't be shy. If you want people to turn out, ultimately you can't be shy. You need to talk to people and you need to communicate and you need to make sure all the expectations are met. When you do that successfully, you're going to have good turnout for your event you're going to run. If you like what we're doing here at Wisco Dice, if you love the Codensy's Diary, make sure you let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook via our Facebook page. Give us a like or go ahead and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We release content constantly either through the blog or through these episodes just like this, and we'd love to hear you. The one thing that we need from our community the, that continues to grow every week is we need to continue to find new people to listen 
and new people to read and interact with us. And the only way we're going to do that is with your help. So please uh, make sure if you're listening to us enjoying this, make sure you find us on all those. And go ahead and drop a comment or review on any of your whatever mechanism you're using to listen to this podcast, whether that's uh, Stitcher Smart or iTunes or Google Podcasts or whatever that mechanism is. Until next time, thanks for listening. Peace out.